Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, August 26th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I know that I, like many others, are often looking for meaning in everything that's happening around us. Not only are we looking for a generalized meaning, but many of us are looking for the particular meaning that it has in our own lives. Today, I had a bit of a realization, and I want to share it with you. It really comes from three different stories that broke today, or within the last 24 hours, I guess. One is that the two people who stole Ashley Biden's diary, the president's daughter's diary, pled guilty and are being sentenced. The significance of their plea, actually of their arrest and their plea, is that it validates that the Biden diary, Ashley Biden, daughter of the president, that her diary is legitimate. It was, in fact, her diary, and they stole it. And the reason that's important is because of the content of the diary. Because among other things, it says that she was improperly sexualized as a young child, had inappropriate showers with her father. That would be Joe Biden and that she has memories of being frightened of a particular home, the friend of, I guess, family friend's home. So I want to leave it at that for a moment, and I want to talk about the second story that broke. And actually, this was a result of an appearance on Joe Rogan's podcast yesterday by Mark Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook, or the CEO of Facebook. And during that interview, Zuckerberg casually revealed that just prior to the 2020 election, the FBI contacted both Facebook and Twitter and advised them both that Russian disinformation was about to be dropped and that they were to be aware of that and to not give it any play. Within days, the Hunter Biden laptop story became, well, it never became big news because it was suppressed, But the Hunter Biden laptop became an issue. Twitter chose to ban anyone who referenced it. Zuckerberg expressed during the Rogan podcast that Facebook took a bit of a different path and that basically what Facebook did to the story was they created an algorithm that made it a very low priority. So while you could still share stories on Facebook about the Hunter Biden laptop, you probably wouldn't find them. They wouldn't likely get shared. And he acknowledged that by saying that the impact of what Facebook did with the algorithm was significant, meaning the story got buried. And that's important because it affected the 2020 election. Had people known that that laptop was legitimate and what was on it, the election would have been significantly altered 
because now 70 plus percent people say if they had known the Hunter Biden laptop was real and its contents were real, they wouldn't have voted as they did for Joe Biden. There's actually four stories. The third story is that liberal public health elites pressured Pfizer to delay announcement of their vaccine efficacy until after the 2020 election. They were ready to release the vaccine and its efficacy, but they didn't. They announced it six days after the election, meaning that Trump's efforts to have a vaccine created that could help people, allegedly, was deliberately withheld from public knowledge, the efficacy of that vaccine and the fact that they were going to release it to the general public was deliberately withheld. And that is a story that's broken by Nate Silver, who is anything but conservative. He's actually a liberal. I forget the name of his website. I think it's 528.org or something like that. But anyway, he broke that story. And the fourth story is the release of the affidavit that was attached to the warrant that gave the FBI access to Mar-a-Lago. The affidavit has been released, but it is so incredibly redacted that it's not all that helpful, although it is still pretty clear that the facts as stated and the time sequence or the chronology as stated both in the affidavit and as it was portrayed even prior to the affidavit, really raises the authenticity and the justification of what went into that magistrate's decision to sign that warrant. It wasn't a judge who signed it, it was a magistrate. I raise these four stories because three of them would have impacted the election. Two of them involved the FBI or at least the left and the FBI. So what does that indicate? It indicates that there was interference in the 2020 election, and it was by our FBI. Because the same people who are now trying to, hopefully, they feel hopefully, indict Donald Trump on some charge or other, are the same people who were pushing and who validated the Russian collusion story, which turned out to be false. It's the same people back again, trying to do the same thing a second time with facts that are equally as sketchy. Why bring all this up and why lump them together? Well, the reason is, as I have said before on podcasts, I have a piece of art in my office that is a sculpture of sorts. It's a carving and it hangs on the wall and it says, I am not afraid. I was born for this. And it's a quote from Joan of Arc. I've always identified with that quote because in my life, I've often fought the fight when whatever was required. I mean, I'm, I'm an attorney, right? I mean, I chose that profession because I know how to advocate. And when I believe in something, I advocate passionately as I always did for my clients. And as I still do as a mediator, only without taking sides, I passionately try to help both sides come to a mutually agreed upon solution to their, to their differences. But in the process of living by that motto of, I am not afraid I was born for this, I've always wondered what the born for this meant. Why I felt so strongly about being born for this. I was never sure what the this was. I always thought generally it was just being an advocate and being passionate and 
not being afraid to stand up for what I believed in. But I had a realization as a result of these stories that broke and probably a lot that came before it. Maybe these four stories are the straw, so to speak, that broke the camel's back. But it's this. In every generation, there are people who are called upon, many people called upon, to rise up and to do the heavy lifting, to do the noble fight. And there's both folklore and there's historical accuracy and there's mythology all around that kind of a theme where, in essence, it's evil against good, right? I mean, that's putting it in very rudimentary and perhaps spiritual or religious terms. Maybe it's just about truth and falsehood. But nonetheless, it's about standing up for some principle, some value that you truly believe in and that your culture or your society or your nation, whatever it is, is being asked to make a major decision about. Meaning, do we continue on the path that we've been on or do we take a new path? There are those of us alive who have lived long enough to remember a United States before the latest technology, before the iPhone, even before the internet, even before computers. There are those of us alive who remember what things were like before all of that, before social media, before the invasion of privacy, before indoctrination, before corruption of the media by its unhealthy relationship with government. There are not only those of us alive who remember a nation and how it felt to be in this nation and in this culture before everything I just named, but there are also people who are too young to have lived through what it was like before all of that, and yet they themselves know that somewhere in their gut something is very wrong with what's happening in this country at this time politically, economically, culturally. I came to the conclusion that an awareness of what's going on is in fact why we're here now and what we were born for. We were born to be the voices of truth, to be the leaders of reason and critical thinking, and in a sense to be, and this may offend some people who are deeply religious, but in a sense, to be teachers of righteousness. Why do I say that? You know, that's a very specific term because in antiquity, at the time of Jesus, the Essene community that was the extremely esoteric and spiritual end of the Jewish community in Israel at the time of Jesus, the Essene community had what they called a teacher of righteousness it's in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's in the scrolls that were archaeologically uncovered at Qumram and that exist in the Dead Sea Scroll Museum in Israel. The Essenes referred to their teacher of righteousness. And some people believe that they were referring to Jesus and others believe, no, that there was another highly evolved teacher that led the Essene community. But nonetheless, it's a deeply spiritual phrase. Why do I say that we are here now called upon to be voices of truth, leaders of reason, and perhaps teachers of righteousness. Well, it's because in essence, righteousness is the polar opposite of sin. 
So what is sin? I believe that sin is deception. Sin is anything that opposes truth. Righteousness is truth. In my book, in fact, the questions God will ask prepping for the final exam, I use the term right useness, not righteousness, because if you take the O out of the word righteousness, you wind up with right useness. And I've often talked about how it's the rightful use of energy is what we were really intended to be doing, meaning we're all born with a certain amount of energy and how we use it determines not only the quality of our own lives, but determines the mark we leave in the world and the impact we have on the people who enter and leave our lives during our lifetime. And so using our energy correctly is really how we align with a higher purpose and with a higher being, whether or not you think it's God. It might be that great generator in the sky where all energy comes from, but nonetheless, we're all energy. We're just vibrating at different frequencies, and so some are more solid than others, meaning there's very little difference at the subatomic level between the desk I'm working in front of at the moment, podcasting from, and me, Carol. The difference is the arrangement and the vibration of the molecules and the atoms and the frequency at which they're vibrating. I digress a bit just to make a point. I think that everything that is life-affirming, everything that is for the highest good of all concerned, is always aligned with truth. And everything that is deceitful and divisive and not life-affirming, meaning, if anything, death-affirming, certainly destruction affirming, is the opposite of truth and the opposite of righteousness. It is sinfulness. It is deception. And so I say that each one of us is now being called upon to be a teacher of righteousness, meaning a teacher and a voice for truth. Because what we are surrounded with is, in fact, deception. Every story I told you that broke in the beginning of this podcast, the four stories that I referred to are all stories of deception. Holding back the Pfizer release of the efficacy of the vaccine and its release. Alleging that the Ashley Biden diary was false. Alleging that Hunter Biden's laptop is false. The people involved in attempting to indict Trump are the same people who were deceptive and lied to us about Russian collusion. We're in a war, but it's a war that except in mythology and except in spiritual interpretation, we've really never fought before in the physical world. And I say that because this war doesn't require the taking up of arms. This war requires armoring yourself with truth and having the courage to speak it and stand for it. It will cost people their livelihoods. It has cost people their livelihoods. It will cost more people their livelihoods. It will cost people perhaps their physical freedom. It will cost people their lives, I suspect. But there are some things worth dying for. And if there are such things, I can't think of anything material that would fit into that category, but I can think of something immaterial. Truth. 
is worth dying for because it's really the only thing worth living for. And if you can't have it, if what you have in its place is a culture and a society and a nation that is built upon deception, then what you wind up with is a dystopian society where no one can trust anyone else and where force will be used to cause people to comply with those who are perpetrating the deceit. This is a calling, and the time is now, and it is a war, but it really is a war of light and dark. It really is a war of righteousness versus sin, and it really is a war of truth versus deception. And it is a choice each one of us has to make. And we're out of time to make those choices. So I suggest that we all take a moment and ask ourselves, do we want to live in a world of light or do we want to live in a world of shadows? And if your choice is the former, be prepared to defend it. Thank you for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again next week. And until I am, please think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.